Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Getting that much closer to playoff football here in Philadelphia. Your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, hanging with you as we make our way toward the Birds and the Bucks coming up on Sunday. Uh, once again, let me just confirm that uh, John McMullen and I did not converse or uh, double check on uh, outfits for today's show. It's just a pure coincidence. I didn't even notice. Here we go. No, I'm a little. You're a little bit darker than me. I got more I of think a, so? okay. a maroon. Last, last time I... Oh, yours is not uh, black? No. Maroon. Oh, um, uh, I, I got the black on. I thought yours was black. If it's uh, dark maroon, then I apologize. I thought we were uh, uh, dressed almost exactly alike with the black turtleneck, but uh, don't let the black fool you. John is optimistic about the chances of the Eagles. on Really? Sunday. Wow. Me, not so much. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Certainly... I'm more optimistic than you, but that doesn't mean optimistic. Oh, okay. Uh, don't 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 want to put words in your eagle predicting mouth. Uh, so my apologies. Yeah, I still need to be swayed, and I haven't been swayed doing shows on WIP the last two nights. And I was on WIP last night, which means I could not make it down to neck of the woods. I did get a text that said they had a really good crowd in the house. Just found out this morning. 811 coats collected. So thank you very much to everybody who showed up. Outstanding uh, work put in and uh, job done by you guys to get the coats out to the needy people at this time. And yeah, I think it was kind of telltale that the coldest night of the year is the night that Grousey decides to do his uh, coat collection and an outstanding turnout and an outstanding amount of coats that he is going to be able to distribute a good crowd there last night at Neck of the Woods, JM. Yeah, it was packed, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, Rob Ellis says hello, by the way. I said, Jody Mack, you guys haven't seen each other in a while. Because, yeah, probably two years. Yeah, so He's he said man, hello. Uh, Barrett Brooks, D. Gunn, Devin Caney. The only thing missing was uh, Jody McDonald. Unfortunately, I had to be on the air, so I couldn't make it. And I'm uh, sorry that I did, because it sounded like a good time. And the results certainly were great. Uh, another guy I haven't seen in years is Barrett Brooks. Who's bigger, Barrett Brooks or Jordan Mailata? And I'm not talking height. I know uh, Jordan's got a couple of uh, inches on him, but we're talking LBs. Well, we, 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 we here's here's what I always say. I'm not, you know... I, I like doing live remotes. They're a lot of fun, but there's a lot of angry people out there. So I'm I'm very comfortable when there's a bodyguard around. I was hey. very comfortable with Barrett Brooks there. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, he's a good guy to have as a buddy to stand next to you if some people aren't happy with you. And I know they're not going to be happy with me this week because, yes, I think the Bucks have been um, yeah, disrespected. I'll, I'll go that far, marginalized uh, leading into this game. And as I said, I believe here on Birds 365 and I know on WIP, you don't tug on Superman's cape. And Superman is the quarterback of the other team. Uh, so, yes, we'll continue to break down the Eagles and the Bucks going into this one. Before you ever got to Neck of the Woods, you got a chance to hop on Zoom with the coordinators, Coordinator Tuesday. And I think I caught, caught yours. You were the one who said, how about that interview you got coming up, Jonathan? And he, he liked you, so he kind of laughed it off and smiled, but gave the exact answer. You expected him to give, yes, I'm honored, uh, blah, 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 but I'm focused on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and only on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So no great surprise from Gannon uh, when you pose that question to him, right? Uh, no. Um, you know, but you got to ask the question, obviously. And that's the unfortunate uh, of I also got a Tampa Bay question there because I knew the answer. I knew what the answer I was getting. But unfortunately, you know, this is one of those things in Zooms, you know, I think I was second and, uh, uh, you almost hope that somebody who's going to ask the question is up before you uh, because those kinds of questions can be awkward. You know, you're going to get a, a real, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's a mechanical thing you have to do as a reporter. Sure. Um, so unless you get that second question and you're done, you're done for your zoom session, which is not the same in, in real life. So it makes it a little bit more difficult, but yeah, I had to, uh, throw the block, so to speak, and, and got him to at least confirm that he will interview with the Denver Broncos, which is no surprise because he's very close with George Payton, the, the GM out there. And yeah, I, I, a lot of people have said about Jonathan Gannon, he's not ready to be a, a head coach. This is just a favor to him. They, they were saying the same things about Nick Sirianni and Brandon Staley last year. This is how these things happen. Um, and when Jonathan Gannon gets you in the room, he's going to win you over. Um, so I think it's a little bit more than people think it is. And we'll see. But he's going to focus on this team until the season is over. And then we'll see how things shake out. I also expect Minnesota to interview him because of his history there. So um, he's got more interest than than people realize. I will say that. All right, Mr. Uh, JG could actually get one of these jobs. If you're either Minnesota or Denver and you got to choose between Jonathan Gannon and Doug Peterson, who are you hiring for 2022? Uh, Doug Peterson. I, I, If I were any of these teams looking for a head coach, I would hire Doug Peterson. I mean, it means, it, it, it means a lot to me that somebody won a Super Bowl championship in – you know, and they weren't supposed to win a Super Bowl championship. You know, it, people kind of forget coming into that season. You know, there were already people thinking Doug should have been one and done. Uh, the Eagles themselves wanted to fire Frank Reich. And by the Eagles, I mean Jeffrey Lurie um, coming off 2016. Um, it wasn't all peaches and cream. And all of a sudden, they catch fire. The Jake Elliott field goal against the New York Giants um, and and things just take off from there and they go win a Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, they made the playoffs three consecutive seasons. So it wasn't just uh, that 
outlier. They were they turned into a good football team until the 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 wheels kind of came off last season, which I think had more to do with the quarterback than anything else. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday. That dates back to the injury, I think. Um, and there were some difficulties, and I don't want to re-legislate that in playoff week. We'll get to that in the offseason. But, you know, with Jalen Hurts being drafted and all that kind of stuff played into it as well. Um, either or, he's a very good head coach. He did a very good job here. And, yeah, I want that in my organization. I have a lot of respect. I think I'm very above board for Jonathan Gannon. I like him a lot. Uh, I think he's going to be a head coach in this league at some point. Um, and I think he'll do a good job, but Doug's already done a good job. I've seen it. I've seen that guy and I don't think he should have been fired here. So if I'm Jacksonville, if I'm the New York giants who have been an abject disaster since, you know, Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin, essentially, I would bring him up the turnpike. Obviously, he's in South Florida now, but you get the point. Uh, if I'm the Dolphins, I keep him in South Florida. If I'm the Vikings, I want to bring him in to be – if I'm the Bears, I want him around a young quarterback in, in Justin Fields. Everywhere I'd pick Doug Peterson. All right, since we got off on this uh, – where is Dougie P going to land tangent? The – Five job. Well, we can't count the Raiders into it. And up until this Not past yet. week, uh, everyone was saying we got two jobs: Jacksonville and the <laughs> Raiders. Oh, except Rich Passaccia made the playoffs and is still coaching, so you can't consider that an opening yet. It may come as an opening, but uh, you can't put it in the mix yet. Of those that are open, the only one that Doug hasn't been officially courted by yet is the Giants, because we're. Only about 18 hours since the opening popped up, putting the Giants in the mix. If Doug called you and said, Jay Mack, each of these teams has made me an offer to take over, which one should I lean toward? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, on the field, I would say Jacksonville, strangely as it sounds, because of the quarterback. And that's who I want to tether myself to. And I think despite the rocky start, I think Trevor Lawrence still has a really good chance to be a really good quarterback for a really long time. If you're talking about structure and facilities, I'd say Minnesota. If you're talking about history, I'd say the Giants or the Bears. Um, so, it, you know, you can make an, an argument uh, for a lot of teams and everybody has an argument but bottom line is if you have the quarterback, you you got a really good chance. And I think the biggest upside at quarterback in that group by far is Jacksonville. Short term, it would be Minnesota, but you know, the upside of, of Trevor Lawrence is, is so great that that would be. But then you have to factor in the ownership, and the ownership's a disaster. So it, it, it's a difficult decision. Uh there's pros and cons to each place and Denver. I don't even put in the conversation yet because I think they're, I think they're trying to put together this Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, type of thing. I think that's what they're shooting for. Well, beware that 
by far uh, comparison between Lawrence and Justin Fields. You know, I'm a Fields guy, and I'm not going to – if you, oh, you didn't do much this year, Joe, well, you need the Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so uh, I thought that they were uh, close. Yeah, I had Lawrence ranked ahead of him. I like Fields, but I, I don't think they're close. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're closer than what you're indicating. All right, so the big question becomes with Dougie P, and I promise we'll get into the Eagles in just a second. Would he take the giant job? Would he want the job? I mean, he's going to base his decision on the things that you just ran down, uh, the talent base there, expectations, organizational history, what are you going to be allowed to do? That's going to drive the bus. But he's not going to play the Eagles twice a year, and he has his history here in Philadelphia. Would he look at it more as a challenge that, hey, yeah, no, give me a shot at the Eagles twice a year or – yeah, no, I'd really rather not coach twice a year against the Eagles. How do you think of plays in Doug's head? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think he'd take the Giants job. If that's his opportunity, I think he'd take the Giants no, I'm job. I'm saying if he, if he has choices. If he has choices, I think it comes down to some of the stuff I was saying. Then you make the decision based on the quarterback, the front office, the facilities, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Miami might be the best situation because he lives there. I mean, that, it might be as simple as that. It lives in South Florida now. Um, it could be as simple as that. Who doesn't want to live in South Florida, by the way? Uh, you know, because of the weather and, you know, the tax situation and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it plays into that. As far as would he not take the Giants job versus another job because of the his history with the Eagles? I don't think so. I mean, the Eagles – you know, broke that bond. Yeah, they, they kind of gave him his walking papers. Yeah. yeah, he didn't break any bond. They broke that bond. So he, he's got, other than respect for the, you know, a lot of people he worked for and a lot of players that were here and um, a lot of his assistants that, by the way, were maligned. Um, yeah, no, I don't I don't think he would, he would shy away from the Giants job because of that. Fair enough. John, you're not heading to South Florida, Central Florida, which is well south of here, and it's going to be warm when you get down there on the weekend. But a chance of rain on Sunday. I double-checked the forecast again this morning. Yeah, they're still saying pretty good chance of rain. Not going to be overly hot, 68, 69 degrees at kickoff, which means uh, it'll be a really comfortable feel for the players. But they could be dealing with rain. Does rain help or hurt the Eagles' chances? I would say slightly hurts, um, you know, when, uh, it, you know, it was counterintuitive because for years, um, the only, the old adage was weather, weather games are going to affect the offense. It's going to make it easier for, for the defense guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers over the years have turned that on its head and said, it's the exact opposite because, um, the offense has the advantage because, you know, their players know where they're going. Defense, you're reacting. And, you know, Aaron just talked about it uh, for the, the cold game. Uh, he's like, no, we have, we have a huge advantage throwing the football. Um, so, you know, especially with great quarterbacks, and obviously this is a great quarterback, they kind of like that atmosphere. They think it makes it more difficult 
on the defense. Maybe I would have a different take on it if it were a younger quarterback, but yeah, I think I think I think Tom Brady would welcome that to be honest. I hear what you're saying and analyzing the experience of the two quarterbacks, certainly massive advantage Brady. Here's why I think it would be a good thing for the Eagles. They're going to try and run the ball down the throat of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be ground and pound. And the best unit, bar none, on the Philadelphia Eagles is the big beef up front in the offensive line. So, and a little bit of a slick field, if you can't get your best footing, give me the talent. And I like the talent of the Eagles offensive line and just being able to drive block their way to first downs. I'm not talking about big plays. I saw a stat yesterday. I didn't even know. The Eagles have not had a 40-yard rush this year. They led the National Football League in rushing, but they didn't have a 40-yard rush. Which is also weird because, you know, they have Miles Sanders and he was known for the home runs before this season. Yeah, and they haven't had the big explosive runs. Um, yeah, it is a little bit strange. And they're great downfield. You know, we see all these Jason Kelsey blocks down the field. Yeah, that one mile Sanders run where Casey uh, Kelsey got mad because uh, Sanders read the block yeah, wrong. Went, went the wrong way on the block. Yeah, that uh, that should have went for the long touchdown. So it is a bit of a outlier. You know, it's interesting, though, because – it really is strength versus strength because we talked a lot on yesterday's show, offensive line, defensive line, obvious strengths on both sides of the ball for the Eagles. Well, Tampa's offensive line and defensive line are really good too. Um, so it is, you know, B to B and Sha- looks like Shaq Barrett's going to be back and be able to play in JPP's, you know, technically a linebacker, but they got a lot of talent in their front seven as well. And their offensive line is probably top five with the Eagles' offensive line. So it is going to be interesting. It is going to be strength versus strength. Um, I think a lot – and I gave deference to you, Jody, at the show last night at Neck of the Woods. This, to me, is you better get a lead in this game. So if you win that coin toss, take the football. The Eagles aren't going to do it, but that's what they should do. They need they need to shorten the game, and yeah, you know, I hate I know people hate it in an analytical world. They need to shorten the game and play old school football and win the game that way. They really do, and yes, to start the whole thing in motion would be taking the football and establish the fact that you are going to be able to run it. Uh, yeah, you got no chance at that happening. I guarantee. If Nick uh, Sirianni wins the toss, he will defer because the analytics tell him to. Um, Here's one thing that we discussed last night on WIP, um, which I hope doesn't come to fruition for the Eagles' sake. Um, The first time these two teams met, um, the Eagles were still in major a major passing mode. They're trying to establish Jalen Hurts and figure out the best way to run an offense, to tap into his strengths and skills, which was both taking it down and running it himself and or making plays outside the pocket and using his athleticism uh, to give him a better, better spot to be able to get the ball downfield. They have since changed. They're a different football team now. They're one that wants to just go mano a mano with you and push the pile and move the chains and uh, go downfield with uh, their running attack, which ended up being the number one running attack in the National Football League. 
and a couple of people's uh, recollections or the way that they saw the first game break out was that it worked well for the Bucks because the Eagles were one-dimensional. They didn't rush the ball much at all against Tampa the first time they played. And they unfortunately fell behind. The Bucs scored some touchdowns, so they weren't playing with a lead. And uh, that can handicap anybody. And they were very willing to throw it as often as they did. That's not going to be the case. Even if they're down 7 nothing, even if they defer and Tampa goes right down the field and sticks in the end zone, I guarantee you the Eagles are still coming out and they're going to try and establish the run. But the Eagles became a one-dimensional team in game number one. Can they afford to be an... <laughs> one-dimensional team here in game number two. John McMullen knows it. Jody McDonald knows it. All of our viewers right now here on Birds 365 know it. The Eagles want to run the football. That's what has been successful for them. Second half of the season got them into the playoffs after a two and five start. Are they that good, John, that they can just come out and tell you ahead of time, here's what we're going to do and we're going to move the football and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, they've proven it at times, certainly in the run game. You know, it's interesting. I wrote about that on on Sports Illustrated yesterday. It's, you know, everyone looks at sort of the demarcation line of the season as the Raiders game. And that was the talk of, um, you know, they had the plane ride, the long plane ride home, and all the veteran players were – you know, taking stock of what's going on. And then you had the flower talk and it fits nicely into this little narrative. But the real change in the season was Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay was on Thursday nights and they had that little mini buy before Las Vegas. And if you remember in the Las Vegas game, they came out under center running the football and then Miles Sanders got hurt or early in the second quarter, um, got carted off, the game got out of hand, and obviously things shifted. But that's where the Tampa Bay game, because the few times they did run the football, they had success later in the game. Remember, it was a blowout. Final score didn't look as bad as it really was. It really wasn't that close. Um And Nick Sirianni just admitted to Peter King this week that, yeah, that was it. That was when we said, basically, you have to swallow your pride a little bit and we have to do things a different way. So it was actually the Tampa Bay game, not the Las Vegas game, that spawned the change of the Eagles offense. It just got a delayed start because of Miles Sanders' injury. Then it kind of took off uh, in Detroit where they blew out the Lions. So it's going to be interesting from that perspective uh, because the Bucs were the one who forced them, okay, we got to take some some off, some things off the plate of the quarterback, and it's been very successful uh, with this run-first mentality. But here's the problem, Jody. I mean, people talk about one-dimensional, and they think one-dimensional means um, you, you just throw the ball. Well, one-dimensional could be both. In other words, it, it, and this is the problem with the coin toss, and you and I discuss this all the time. Look, this team, every team wants to play from the lead, but this team almost has to play from the lead. So you want to get up in this game. If you're down 7 nothing, yeah, you can keep running the football, no issues. But if you're down two possessions, 
then it becomes an issue. You can't be one-dimensional running the football. You have to ingratiate the passing game more than you want, to be honest. And that's the situation the Eagles can't get in. So one-dimensional strikes both ways. To play the way they want to play, they have to get the lead, and they have to play well early, and they can't fall the worst-case scenario if they fall down by two possessions, then you got an issue because it's going to be difficult to match score. You think about the Super Bowl and people wanting to look back and uh, Nick Foles out dueling Tom Brady, uh, 500, uh, 500 yards. Um, that ain't happening. Uh, this team is not equipped to do that. No. Um, they have to win it a different way. And, when teams have beaten Tom Brady in the past, it's interior pass rush. We've talked about that, but offensively you got to play from the lead. You got to run the football and yeah, they, they've proven they can run it against anybody. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Sorry. Correct me if I'm wrong. Eagles scored 41 points in the Super Bowl that they won against the Bucks. 41-33. Yeah. I'm going to take the under on Eagles scoring 41 (laughs) points this week against Tampa. I know I'm going out on a limb, but I'm going to say they're going to be under 41, not because they don't have talented players or they have a puncher's chance to win. If their offense is what they want it to be and is working the way they want it to work, they're not scoring 41 points. They're going to get on nice 13 play 75 yard uh, touchdown drive. That's going to take, seven minutes and change off the clock. That's not going to lend itself the 41 point scored. So the Eagles have a way they uh, are going to try and win this game. We'll find out if they can do it Sunday. All right. Injury updates. Uh, you didn't get anything from Eagles yesterday, right? I know that you did the zoom thing. No, you guys it'll be in practice. Today. You couldn't ver- visually judge uh, guys like Miles Sanders and or uh, Jordan Howard. We have to trust the Eagles reporting of where they're at as far as injuries go right now. Yeah, then, you know, injury reports don't come out till Wednesday anyway. So today will be the first uh, injury report, so to speak, practice uh, update. Today's a walkthrough. The Eagles have shifted. Uh, we talked about, so it'll be an estimation. So you get a better indication of whether Miles Sanders is going to be able to go. I, I don't think there's any question Jordan Howard's going to be able to go. The question is, is he going to be healthy uh, to be the typical Jordan Howard? That remains to be seen. You're probably not going to know that till game day, to be honest. And then the players who did play against Dallas, we already knew. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, which is not going to upset many Eagles fans. It's done for the season. Uh, Brett Toth and Tyree Jackson are done for the season. And Nick kind of confirmed earlier in the week, it will be Richard Rogers uh, that will be elevated at some point from the practice squad. And he'll take over the third tight end role. And to be honest, in the short term, the Eagles are probably better with Richard Rogers uh, than Tyree Jackson. So um, I don't, I don't think that will affect them much at all. But uh, along those lines, um, and I like Richard Rodgers. I was uh, a little put off by the fact that the Eagles didn't re-sign him. They've just been playing the practice squad game with him all year long. And to 
again, when when he when he makes the right decisions, you got to give the guy props. Whether you're Howie Roseman, uh, devotee, and or uh, hater, they never lost him. Uh, they they were able to play the practice squad game with him all year and keep him. They even dropped him from the practice squad and brought him back. And I thought Rodgers did more for the team last year and deserved a little bit more respect and and status on the uh, roster. But to the Eagles' credit, they they read the room exactly correct, and they now have Richard Rodgers to go to. But even in my fanboy uh, analysis, he's not much of a blocker, John. He's a, he's a, he's a better he's a better blocker than Tyree Jackson. I mean, you Tyree think Jackson, so? Oh yeah, Tyree's a quarterback uh, trying to. Tyree's make a big dude. He is a very big dude, but you know his strength. Um, is more so of then, his then why was why was Tyree Jackson being activated these last several weeks leading up to his injury? If they're going to play, and I heard the coach say, we got a lot of 12 and 13 uh, personnel. We're going to get extra guys out there to block. Uh, if he's not that good a blocker, why was he out there blocking? Because the Eagles like his, that's what you do. That sometimes they love his long-term uh, uh, ceiling as a player. And it's much higher long-term than, uh, Richard Rodgers, and they didn't want to risk losing uh, Tyree Jackson by playing uh, roster games with him because of the the long term upside. And that's what I said. Short term, they're they're not probably they're definitely better off with Richard Rodgers. But you just saw they did lose Richard, by the way, for a little bit. He signed with Arizona um, on their practice squad right before the trade of Zach Ertz, and it kind of he was in Arizona when the Eagles traded Zach Ertz to Arizona. And that was it for Richard in Arizona. Um, and then the Eagles were able to get him back. So there was some uh, manipulation. They ultimately did lose him for a short time. were able to get him back. They didn't want any of that. That's why they carried him. You remember Tyree got hurt in training camp and there was this debate on whether you, place him on injured reserve before the cut down to 53 and then you lose him for the entire season. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to put him on waivers because they knew somebody would, would pick him up. So they carried him on that original 53. Then they put him on injured reserve and he can right. miss the three games. So they just love Tyree Jackson long-term, but I said for one game on Sunday in Tampa, Richard Rodgers is a veteran player is more prepared to help you than Tyree Jackson would have been. That's no, all I'm saying. Uh, I'm, I'm saying in the passing game, for sure. The running game, I, I've watched Richard Rodgers try and execute a couple of blocks over the years. and uh, maybe, Well, that's maybe where we are. That's where we are with tight ends in this league, Jody. That's why when people see a George Kittle or a Gronk and – their eyes wide and, open. And a Goddard. And he a Goddard. is, is yeah. one of the better blocking tight ends in the National Football League. Richard Rodgers is not, but uh, I, I don't want to get on the guy's case too much. All right. Uh, injuries for Tampa, then we got to get our first break in. Um, I don't think this is a big deal, but Richard Sherman got put on IR yesterday. Nah. I know Legion of Boom was a Pro Bowl corner at one point. He's bounced around to a couple different organizations and off the field issues. He's been in Tampa for a good solid three quarters of the season because they had just massive injuries to their defensive backfield early in the year. 
he hasn't even played. He doesn't get a lot of snaps for them. He was forced to play because their numbers got so bad with injuries and COVID stuff that he he did contribute for them. I don't want to just uh, blow away the entire season that he had, but he's not a major loss. He's a bigger name than he is actually a player at this time. Uh, looks like, as you said, Jack Barrett's going to be back, JPP. And Leonard Fournette, the coach was pretty optimistic about playoff Lenny coming back, who they've not had for a couple of weeks. That's something that can't be undersold. I know a lot of people who think the Eagles are going to win this game have been hanging their hat on, oh, it's the banged-up bucks that we're getting. Well, part of that was the fact that they didn't have Leonard Fournette, and it looks like they're going to have Leonard Fournette back for Sunday's game. Yeah, uh, but he's been out for a while, and he, he, you know, he, he, he had a great run as we talked about toward the Super Bowl last season, got his playoff Lenny nickname down there. Um, You know, it's interesting because when you think about um, Tom Brady and his ability to use backs out of the backfield in the passing game, you don't think Leonard Fournette first and foremost as a pass receiving back. I think he threw it to him so much he got better and better and better at it. and because there were a lot of drops early on and and then he he got better and better the fact that he hasn't played eh, that might be an advantage for the eagles because he's going to be a little bit rusty and he's not the most natural uh receiver out of the backfield i'm not that concerned about the bucks running the football um i'm more concerned the uh, about brady's ability to get it to them in the passing game and maybe that rustiness uh, affects Leonard Fournette, if you're looking for optimism. Okay. Uh, yeah, I need to see it. I'm not going to say he's not going to be good because he's rusty. He may turn out to be that, and we'll judge it by the first quarter, first half of the game, or he can just come back and be playoff Lenny. And if that's the case, some people were already chalking that up as an advantage, Eagles. It could be an advantage that goes right out. You know, you know what? In the first game, and this might be the biggest advantage for the Bucs. They didn't have Antoine Winfield Jr. They got Antoine Winfield Jr. That guy can play. Big uh, advantage in their defensive secondary. And, oh, by the way, just one more note on playoff Lenny before we get our first break in. Maybe the biggest play he made in the first game between the Bucs and the Eagles was when he gave an Academy Award-winning performance on the sideline and sucked Jannard Avery into a taunting penalty on that final Buccaneer drive, which was a joke of a flag. Now, I had a couple of Eagle fans call me and go, if they didn't throw that flag, we would have stopped them, and then we would have got the ball back. We would have won. Well, you, you don't know that because that gave him a first down. And, oh, by the way, there were still four minutes left in the game. And, oh, by the way, Brady continued to throw the ball and took off the rest of the clock. So you had the chance to overcome that penalty. That penalty didn't help, but it was a complete sell job by Leonard Fournette on the uh, stupid referee who dropped the flag. Uh, but I digress. All right. Uh, John <laughs> McMullen, Jody McDonald, you're Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Uh, our bud Rob Motti, Mr. Formerly of Philadelphia, now of South Florida, We'll hop aboard. He's still an Eagle fan at heart and uh, is up and part of the Eagle media all the time on their uh, Zoom stuff. We'll zoom into South Florida and talk to Rob Motti a little later in the show. Coming back, more with the Bucks eagles matchup. Mac and Mac on Birds 365. 
This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Are you back on Max 365, guys, here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel? Yes, for all of those who came out last night to Neck of the Woods in Pittman on uh, Krause's Coats Collection Night, thank you very much for both showing up and your generosity. They were able to take in over 800 coats, which is going to go a long way to getting them to needy people at this very uh, difficult weather time of the year. So thank you very much. John appreciates it, except for the guys that he had to keep at bay with Barrett Brooks and his bodyguard who were none too happy with him. But uh, supposedly... A good I think you had to keep more 
dudes at bay because Devin was there, to be honest. Uh, that's Dude, true, too. Yeah. So, so yeah. you were actually on an island by yourself there. You had to take care of yourself. Yeah. Good for you, tough guy. <laughs> I, uh, let me uh, ask you a question about your bud, uh, JG, the defensive coordinator. Um, saw someone with an article, uh, an opinion piece on uh, the box heading into this game. Yes, they were shut out by the New Orleans Saints just one month ago. Nine nothing, Saints victory. And I do appreciate the fact that uh, Eagle fans look at that, uh, want to point to that game and say, they can be stopped. Well, the three games prior to that and the or the four games prior to that and the three games after that, they've won every single one of them. So they've won seven of their last eight games. But that one sticks out like a thorsome, not only because it was a loss, but it was a shutout loss. They did not put up a point. The next closest, lowest scoring game they had, they put up a couple of 19s, one in a loss, one in a win, as a matter of fact, beat the Patriots when Belichick did a pretty good job of containing Brady, but ended up losing the game. Um, so I said, well, if the Saints did it, what can we learn from the Saints? What can we take from the Saints game that worked so effectively for them that they could shut out the box? Well, one of the things that was noted was they played a very aggressive defensive style uh... on the edges that they got their corners up and played the Bucks wide receiver on the line, chucking them immediately as the ball is snapped. Uh, and that did throw Brady and his receivers and his timing off a little bit. That is not an Eagle strong suit, John. They don't play much one-on-one in your face, up on the line of scrimmage, check them off the line as soon as the play starts type defense. Do they go to that? Because it has worked. It's the in, far and away the best def- defensive effort that any team put up against the Bucks this year. Do you try and take a page out of somebody else's um, book or do you say well unfortunately we no longer have um the safety here that uh, the saints defensive coordinator had faith in malcolm jenkins that if somebody gets beat off a chuck we got help on the back end that's going to be able to get the job done for us we gonna see any aggressive corner play out of the eagles on saturday sunday excuse me uh i i i uh, no um <laughs> Look, I mean, Darius Slay is capable of doing anything at the cornerback position. Avante Maddox is capable of being a press corner in the slot. And in fact, I would think that would be uh, one of his strengths. Uh, You know, but you do have to have, you know, the one thing, and I'll have to go back now that you bring this up, and and, because I don't remember the exact details of the game. I do remember watching the game. And the thing that's stuck out was our old friend Malcolm Jenkins and just how physical he was uh, in that particular game. Uh, and the Eagles don't have a Malcolm Jenkins any longer. Um, and we talk about it with the tight ends because that's going to be the strength of uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the passing game, along with Mike Evans. Um It'd be nice to have Malcolm Jenkins this week, uh, but you don't have Malcolm Jenkins this week. So I do think you bring up a good point when people talk about, oh, you got to get up and press. You got to get up and press. Well, you damn well better have safeties that can take advantage, that can back you up and, and oh, yeah. be able to, in in case somebody does get loose. And I don't think the Eagles have 
have that kind of confidence in Rodney McLeod at this stage of his career and Anthony Harris. Um, and then, but the bigger, the overriding thing is, and I say this all the time, you don't play a, a certain way the entire season and there's an evolution and then change completely for a playoff game. That's just not how it works. Um, and the Eagles have gotten progressively better on the defensive side of the football. And I forget who asked uh, Jonathan Gannon, you know, what changed, uh, but they got the one word answer uh, execution. That's what changed. Um, guys started understanding what was being asked of them. Um, they did a better job of, of, of tackling um, as the season wore on. Uh, and they just understood the defense better. And that happens, you know, the coaches start to understand the players better. Um, they start putting players in better position. The players start understanding what the coaches want. And you have this sort of evolution. But you don't play one way an entire 17-game season, not 16 games, 17 games, and then show up for the playoffs and go, oh, eh, yeah, we're going to do something completely different. Completely different. I, I agree with you, but uh, then let me ask you about this because it would be potentially what the Eagles have done for a good majority of the year. Um, I'm a big fan of their slot corner. You and I had this discussion here on Birds 365. I think the Pro Bowl is a joke with the fact that they still pick a fullback every year. Oh, fullback's a really important position in the National <laughs> Football League. About five teams have a fullback. The other 27 yeah. teams go, screw the fullback. We don't need a fullback. But it still gets a uh, nod as a starter on the Play Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl roster every single year. Um, Avante Maddox, I want on the field. He was one of the better Eagle players all year long. And I think he should have been a Pro Bowl player because I think there should be a slot corner on the roster of the Pro Bowl. And I think he's as good a slot corner as there is in the league. But if the other team is only going to put two wide receivers out there and they're going to put two tight ends out there and Rodney McLeod, you want him on the field, um, Avante Maddox, can he cover Gronk? I like the guy. I think he's, I'm telling you, I think he's a Pro Bowl talent. But there is one big issue, and it's big. Gronkowski's a monster. Yeah. Vontae's a little guy. He, I think he's tough enough. I think he'd take the challenge, but I think he just, the Brady's so good, he puts it up there. Gronko gets it. Even playing a good defensive play, Maddox could get beat. How are the Eagles going to handle that? Are they going to have a Vontae Maddox off the field that much more often if Tampa goes with a two tight end set for the majority of the game? Yeah, they probably will. Um, and, you know, it's not just Avante, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the safeties, even the linebackers can't match up with Gronk's size as well. That's why he's an issue. Um, but you, you just play basketball at that point. You know, Rob Gronkowski is not going to be able to get away from Avante Maddox um, uh, or any corner. I've, I've talked about this in the past and that corners NFL corners can cover tight ends. That's not the problem. The problem is, and especially when you get somebody like Gronk or, or Kittle or Mark Andrews or, or Dallas Goddard, and the Eagles have this success themselves. They're just too big and physical and they can just, you know, body them up like they're rebounding 
and you know, all of a sudden the chains are moving and there you go. And that's why you see these probably saw it with Mark Andrews this year, more than anybody else. That guy had a phenomenal year in Baltimore, always open because how do you deal with guys like that? And a lot of ways for defenses, when you do get a tight end like that, um, there's nobody on the field who can match up with them because they're too big and physical for corners and they're too athletic and, and, and too fast for linebackers. Um, it's that's why they're difficult matchups. Yeah. And Andrews, I did, I, I watch a lot of the Ravens games this year. Cause that's what I do on Sundays. If I have the Eagles on, I can jump to another game. I go back and watch it on tape thereafter. He gets open. Wow, he's always open. It's See, amazing. Gronk is a guy who you can watch, watch and you know that the the D back did a good job or linebacker that they're right there, draped over him in good coverage, and he still goes up and makes the catch. That's not Andrews. Andrews gets separation. I'm not exactly sure how, but he had a lot of catches that he just made because he was wide open this year. He kind of needs to be because Lamar Jackson isn't going to be one of those quarterbacks who just drops a dime and puts it exactly in the only place where the receiver can catch it and the, the D-back can't get a shot at it. He had a hell of a year uh, for Baltimore. All right, I want to ask you about your buddies at PFF, Pro Football Focus. They came out with their Pro Bowl rankings yesterday. No Eagles on the first team, which – I, I don't think I can complain about there's four guys who made the second team and you can make an argument. Hey, well, maybe one of them could make first team. No, I think they were all second team. I, I don't think they got, the, got I that didn't wrong. See it. You didn't see it. No, the four Eagles who made a second team, all pro as per pro football po- focus, both tackles. Well, you and I talked about with the tackles on the, the pro bowl roster, neither one of them made it. I thought they both could make it. The fact that, Lane Johnson wasn't even an alternate, was a joke for the second team. Both Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata made second team. Darius Slay made second team cornerback. And one more Eagle made second team without looking it up. Do you know who it is? Uh, give me, I'm sorry. I was trying to. Mailata in, Lane in, Slay in. There's three of your four second team all pros as per pro football focus. Who is the fourth and last? Uh, well, it's got to be offensive line, right? I don't think they had Kelsey up at that level. They didn't, and that's just awful. Kelsey doesn't. I think Kelsey should make third. first team, let alone second team. He didn't make either. Yeah, I think he. I think he was third. So I'm trying to figure out who else they they would think uh, would be an all pro level player. Um. I'm trying to go through it quick. Certainly not anybody on offense, defense. Um, TJ Edwards? Uh, no. Mm, I don't know. Coming up with an empty. Think ST. Oh, uh, Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott, second team place kicker. Yeah. This Wasn't year. Good for Jake. Teams. And. Yeah. And he deserves it. He, he, he does deserve it. And again, we, we kind of like uh, bounce around and come back to this. Got to give Howie Roseman the nod here because he took some grief when Jake was having a bad year last year. And oh, by the way, yes, he did have a bad year last year, like a whole bunch of Eagles did. Jake Elliott was included in that. And he had been one of the chosen who had gotten the contract extension that the Eagles always try and do. And most times it's a very smart move for the organization. 
and Jake was not living up to the contract that he got as a kicker, and people were uh, wondering, should the Eagles just cut him and move on from it and take a cap hit? Well, they couldn't afford to in a year that they were taking $33 million of dead money on Carson Wentz, that the kicker wasn't going and going to cost you dead money as well. So by hook or by crook, they stayed with Jake Elliott, and he rewarded him by coming back and having a Pro Bowl-type season uh, do we give Howie Roseman credit for not overly reacting and pulling the trigger on Jake Elliott, or did the salary cap kind of dictate they had to live with him? Uh, I don't know. Certainly, I mean, this is a team that took 60-something million in dead money. They could have took the dead money of a kicker, even a kicker with a nice contract for a kicker. That's That's nothing. So I don't think that played into it. Um, Jake's a good kicker, and he had you know, a shaky year. And, you know, they they knew um, – I don't think that was much of a decision for him. I, there was never any wavering of, well, we're going to move on from Jake Elliott. It was one of those things where, you know, in baseball you have a good reliever. Sometimes he has a bad year and you say he's going to bounce back. That's kind of um, the Eagle. that was kind of the Eagles' mentality uh, with Jake Elliott. And – you know, that's interesting because if this becomes a close game, that Tampa's got a good kicker as well, Ryan Suckup. So um, that's kind of strength versus strength as well uh, with with guys having big years. Jake's been a little bit more consistent. So I, I assume Justin Tucker was number one, as he should be. They should name the right. award for Justin Tucker. Um, and then I think Boswell was also really good, but he, I think he wavered a little bit late. So I think those are the three best kickers uh, this season. Jake's one of the best three. That's pretty good. And I do want to, I have a question for you because I haven't seen the list. Did they put, I I know they put Trent Williams on there, but uh, at tackle, did they go to Ron Smith or did they go another right tackle? I I, I just saw the Eagle guys. I didn't even see the whole list. The Eagle guys. All right. I'll have to look it up. Let me, let me throw a, uh, one other guy on there for kickers because I thought that was, uh, I, I didn't know it. So anytime something pops up that I think I should know, and I don't know, I go, damn, that's a great job that they brought that up. Probably isn't it just the fact that I didn't know it. And that's bad on me. Carlson hasn't missed a field goal. In Vegas, since they opened the stadium? Yeah, he should be in there as well. Yeah, I should have thrown him Holy in mackerel. And, of course, with the entire season online the other day, drills one, uh, no pressure, no problem. Ton of pressure, I should say. By the um, way. He's pretty damn good, reason, the Raiders kicker. By the way, another reason Mike Zimmer doesn't have a job. Uh, for people that don't remember, the Vikings drafted Daniel Carson and drafted as a kicker. Um and he made the team because they drafted him and he missed three kicks in green Bay. And they just, he, Zimmer just wouldn't even talk about him. He's a hates young players. And, you know, the Vikings were forced to cut him, and he turns into the great kicker. Everybody envisioned. Sometimes you got to have patience with younger players. And, and when that doesn't uh, manifest itself, you're going to, you're going to lose your job. So, uh, he's another example of of uh, a coach not doing his job, and he turns into a star player uh, somewhere else. Yeah, and uh, the Raiders benefited from the uh, impatience. And by the way, I looked it up. Guess who the first team they did use? First team right tra- right tackle. 
uh, Tristan Wirfs, Lane Johnson. Yeah, he's uh, going up. Uh, that's the Eagles' offensive line against the Bucks' offensive line. Uh, we we always believe the Eagles off the season that they had are going to have a major advantage in comparing offensive lines against offensive line. Yeah, not no, not week. really. The Bucks' offensive line is right there with the Eagles' offensive line. Um, and the funny thing about it, oh, this is the one thing I did see, which I thought was just way out of line. If I ask you, John McMullen, who are the two best centers in football right now? Uh, I would say Jason Kelsey and the kid, the rookie from Kansas City, has been phenomenal. Um, uh, he's probably been the best center in football. Uh Kid from Oklahoma. I can't yes. think of his name. And uh, and he was on Pro Football Focus's first team. I'm sorry. I'm taking Kelsey and Ryan Jensen, the the, the Buck Center. Who is well, yeah, he's phenomenal. really he's, he's he's really good as well. But I mean, there are good players. I I think for this year, I think uh, uh, Humphrey is. Um, I mean, he's been just unbelievable. Doesn't you know? There, when you talk about players overall, consistency's got to come into it, and all those types of things. And you know, Jason Kelsey's been doing it for a very long time, and and uh, Brian Jensen has been doing it for a number of years now. Not as long as Kelsey, but um, he's been a very good player now for a number of years. I don't think it's an insult to say on one particular year. I mean. Creed Humphrey, play, he's sort of like the Micah Parsons of the offensive line this year. He was just dominant. And doesn't mean it's going to continue. Um, you know, we'll see if he has the, you know, people are going to try to adjust and try to attack him in different ways. But I can't criticize Creed Humphrey this year. He went with him and the kid from Los Angeles, the Chargers as well. Yeah, I'll, give me the veteran guys. Give me Jensen. Give me uh, Jason Kelsey. All right, uh, one last thing before we get in break number two for today. It is a pressurized situation for both the head coach and the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Neither one of these guys has ever faced playoff pressure in the position they're in right now, which is quarterback of an NFL playoff team and head coach of a team that's going to the playoffs after going 4-11-1 last year. Nothing to do with Sirianni, but year one in the playoffs, but that's a pretty pressurized spot that he uh, drops into inexperienced is an understatement for both those in those two positions any worries that the moment's going to be a little big for either one at some point during the game on sunday not jalen hurts um well i mean the kid's pulse doesn't change number one it never has i don't expect it will be on sunday um and he's played in big games, you know. If you play in Alabama in the national championship, in a lot of ways, that's bigger than uh, certainly the atmosphere is bigger than a just a regular NFL playoff game. Um, you know, the coach. I think there's a learning curve, and and by the way, there's a learning curve with the quarterback. Just because you're not overwhelmed doesn't mean there's not a learning curve on the field. You know, to me the. The only statistic that matters this week, Jody, is 46 versus one. And that is in reference to uh, this is Tom Brady's 46 thinking playoff game. 
and this is Jalen Hurts' first. So uh, no matter how you want to swing that, uh, that's kind of an advantage, uh, <laughs> to say the least. And oh, by the way, of the 45 previous playoff games, he's won 34 of them. Yeah. 34 and 11. That's a pretty damn good record for that Brady guy. Um, I, uh, I, you know, my favorite, you know, it's coming McMullen hypothetical Eagles hang in the game. It's close. It's competitive. They get what they didn't get in the first matchup with the bucks, which is a fourth quarter, uh, second half of the fourth quarter stop and Tampa's forced to punt. It's a one-score game. They're down four, five, six. They need a touchdown. Field goal's not going to get it done, but they need a touchdown to be able to get the uh, the job done. And they get the ball back just under the two minutes. We'll give them a timeout because we don't want to make it th- that hard. One timeout left. They'd use two on defense to force the Bucks to punt, and they got the ball at the 20-yard line. Jalen Hurts has to go 80 yards, and he needs to get it into the end zone for the Eagles to pull out a win. What does it mean both ways? If he accomplishes that, how much does he secure his place as the quarterback going forward for the Eagles? If he doesn't, and I'm not saying three and out or throws a pick six or anything, he just, the clock is too big an enemy to overcome along with the Tampa defense and they don't get that touchdown. Shoot, maybe even Jalen Rager drops a ball on him again in the end zone like he did in the Giant game. But the bottom line is the Eagles don't score that touchdown, don't win the game. How much does it fall on Hurts' shoulders? Thomas says a ball if he wins versus how he wins and loses. Give me the the narrative with the win, rallying and getting him. The narrative, he doesn't get the job done, can't (laughs) score the winning touchdown. When they got the ball back with two minutes to play. The narrative, if he wins, is um, he's the quarterback for the future. He's the quarterback for the next 10 years. It's human nature. It, it, it you know, it's recency bias. You remember the last thing. And he, he just went 80 yards to uh, beat the greatest quarterback of all time, who's not on the field. Technically, he has nothing to do with it. Uh, but that's how it will be portrayed. And, you know, it's one of those things you you hope the, the front office can um, set aside when they're making uh, evaluations. But no question, uh, people will latch on to that and, and say, Jalen Hurts is here. Jalen Hurts is the guy. Jalen Hurts is the unquestioned leader, quarterback of this team for the next you name the number of years. If they lose, you know, it kind of depends on how. If you go 78 yards and you're at the two-yard line and and you, you, you lose on fourth down, I think there's still a lot of grit and, and determination and, and those types of narratives. Um, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 
if it is three and outs, if it is a pick six, an ugly pick six on that three and outs, then I think you start, you know, teetering in the other direction. He's not ready. He wasn't ready for the moment. The moment was too big for him, that kind of stuff. It's all emotional uh, after a playoff game because it's so – it's a period for one team season. That's it. You walk off the field and it's that sudden. Um, so those will be the emotional immediate takes in those types of situations. It's going to be big if that's the case on Sunday and Johnny Mac will be there in Tampa. You got your flight already. You got your hotel already. You're, you're good to go for Florida, right? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Cross me. Yeah, still got to get by that COVID test, Jody. Uh, that's manana, right? We got you as a yeah. guest first thing tomorrow because uh, you got to go and uh, yeah. get the stick stuck up your nose. Exactly. Hope yeah. I get the gentle uh, now, uh, shoot, stick poker. I keep, I keep pushing back the break. I, now you got to give me another question. Do you have to carry your card with you when you go on your road, your vaccination card? Uh, no. Uh, I do have a picture of it just in case. I, I I took the picture. Nobody has requested uh, to see the actual card. Uh, you know, after Antonio Brown uh, pulled his nonsense, I thought maybe they would. But, yeah, mine's legit. <laughs> You're a trustworthy soul, so yes. Although I, I always wondered. I mean, I, I, I don't know about anybody else. Some people go to their doctor. I just got my vaccination at a local Walgreens. And I did them all. I did my first dose, my second dose, my booster at a local Walgreens. And I'm like, these cards aren't exactly, you know, it, you got some jabroni just signing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I thought it was ripe for some uh, Antonio Brown type shenanigans. Which is a word I've used a lot, and and I got I got mine done at the Moorestown Mall. This was when the the government was all behind it. A military guy escorted me along the walkway that you had oh, to walk well, to go yeah. from stage to stage yeah. to stage. Um, but I yeah, they I, were taking you out of the country. Uh, I thought it was. I think it was like an old Strawbridge and Clothier or something else. You're walking. All right, I'm getting an important shot here. Can I get some ladies lingerie while I'm at it? It was pretty damn weird. All right, uh, McMullen and McDonald. Yes, let's take our second break of the day. Still got an hour left to play. Rob Marty to join us later this hour. Stay here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John Bird 365 Eagle fan appreciate you being here we'd appreciate it if you hit that like button while you're at it thank you very much if you do just that if you like the show if you like the Jacob Media YouTube channel I think we went to past over 10,000 subscribers yesterday I know Krause sent out a uh, missive to uh, thank all the fans of the Jacob Media YouTube shows ourselves the middle uh, Silius at the end of the day um, we've got a solid lineup for you if you are a fan of the channel, please hit the like button, improve our algorithm, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but thank you for both tuning in and liking the show. Uh, like, share, subscribe. All right, uh, J-Mac, I got another narrative question for you. If the Eagles don't play competitively against the Buccaneers on Sunday and um, they get beat by double digits, maybe more than two touchdowns, something along those lines, they're, they're an underdog. Uh, this opened up at seven, seven and a half, moved almost immediately to eight and a half, and has been steady at eight and a half. A couple of Vegas outlets have it up to nine. So it's continuing to click up. It went up big earlier and now is uh, slowed. But they're, they're a significant underdog, which means they're not supposed to win this game if Vegas has this one handicapped exactly right. But let's say they not only don't win, but they don't win, they don't cover, and they get beat by more than a couple of touchdowns. How many in 2020 hindsight are going to second-guess the Eagles' decision for Week 18? Oh, well, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> if they get blown out, yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be one of the first things on the docket. And 
I I don't think it's going to be legitimate, but yeah, you know, everybody's been having this rest versus rust argument for years and years and years. When there were two uh, buy teams, now there's only one. You know, Aaron Rodgers is out there last week because you don't want to you don't want to leave them sit for two weeks, and they got them out of the game, and they made it through. And bottom line is. Nobody has the answer. If anybody had the answer, everybody would do the exact same thing every time. The The ultimate result of how you play in that first-round playoff game for the Eagles, obviously it'll be at Tampa Bay, uh, will then have people saying, well, yeah, if you would have played your guys, you wouldn't have been rusty, you wouldn't have been blown out, and vice versa if they win the game. You're, you're a genius. You got everybody there healthy. So that's kind of one. You just go with your gut. And, you know, analytics people don't like when you go with your gut and they need an answer. They want an answer. Uh, but there is no answer. Um, I I believe at this stage of the NFL, and we talked about this dating all the way back to training camp. If you don't have the time to prepare like you want to anyway, you might as well get there healthy, as healthy as possible. So that's what I tend to lean on. And that's what the Eagles went with. So I'm not going to criticize them if they they get blown out by a better team. And I'm not going to laud them if they somehow pull off the upset. I'm not going to point to that and say that's the reason why. Uh, but, yeah, other people will. No question about it. Here's my take. Um, number one, I know you and I agree on this. We think they did the right thing. I think that rust rest was more important. Risking rust. One of the reasons why is 17 game season. It'd been 16 forever. They added another game. So that's another game of physical exertion and getting beat up and the like. So the rest, I think, is more advantageous than it would have been in a previous season. So I give the Eagles the nod there. And I'll tell you right now, not because I said it ahead of time. You said it ahead of time. Uh, we're not going to go back and second guess because we would have had the second guess ourselves. No, I think they're going to get beat because they're playing a better team. Yeah. Not because of what Sometimes. they decided in week number 18. They're going up against a team that won 13 games this year. If they don't win this game on Sunday, I think it's going to be more because the opposition was just better than, oh my God, the Eagles fell out of lockstep by sitting all those guys in week 18. I'm guaranteeing you it's going to happen. The second guessers will be out. The Sirianni still disbelievers will be out. And I will say this at a time, and maybe uh, this is just me being overreactive. You're right. Now, if the Eagles find a way to win the game, they go out and they win the game. How many people are going to step up and go, and that was a really smart move by Sirianni sitting all those guys in weeks and very few, very, very few, few will go, maybe a, oh, maybe that was few, such a smart yeah. move. That's why the Eagles were better ready to go because Tampa needed to win that last game and they had they had their guys out there and that's why they came in hurt which by the way nobody really got hurt the last game and there were guys would hurt before that for Tampa um but if they lose oh my god he'll get roasted the, it's it's unfair if you believe that you should judge the decision off the results of this week and this week alone that's fine you want to just bury the Eagles for sitting all their guys okay go ahead and do it but then be just as ready to give 
Howie Roseman, everyone in New York, because don't kid yourself, it was an organizational decision. This wasn't just Nick Sirianni going in and slamming down his fist on the table and going, we're not playing anybody. No, it was the entire organization. Just make sure you give them as much credit if they pull the upset as you would give them grief if they end up getting beat by double digits. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it's called paralysis by analysis in the NFL. There's too much time in between games. Let's let's be honest. And, you know, if you think about it, you're a baseball guy. You know, you play baseball. You're right back out there the next uh, 24 hours. And not that people don't uh, hand ring about decisions and uh, relief pitchers and taking this guy out, bringing this guy in. Everybody gets um, – everybody gets put under the microscope, but it gets forgotten pretty quickly because you're on to the next game. Same thing in the NBA and the NHL. You got a couple games, usually a couple days with the NFL. You know, you got all this time and then think about it. You didn't play Jalen Hurts last week. You didn't play all the key starters. So you have an extra week building up to the playoffs and everybody's analyzing every little aspect. What have you done? What did you do here? How are you shaping this? And, you know, the coach talks to us. Think about think about the coach talking to us three times in between the game. Um, everything gets put in the wash and then rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And it usually comes down, and it's boring, but it usually comes down to execution on a particular game day. And that's what it will come down to in Tampa Bay. Now we're talking about the weather. You know, Rick Stroud, one of the Bucks writers, you mentioned it earlier in the show. It's going to be windy as well. I hadn't heard that. Uh, so now we're going to have that sort of uh, curveball thrown into it. People are going to talk about that. You know, um, it just is what it is. It's part of the gig. And when it comes to the coach and the quarterback, Doug Peterson said it. He was hardly the first. Nick Sirianni just said it last week. Look, we're going to get more credit when we win and more blame than we lose. That's just is. That's what it is. And that part of it's never going to change. And that's why I said the the narrative when you brought up the hypothetical of the 80-yard drive, Jalen Hurts wins that game. He's going to be lauded. He's going to put on a pedestal. If he throws the pick six, oh, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. That's the want of the sports fan today. You and I see that exactly the same. And that's a nice piece of information out of you. Did not know it's going to be windy if Rick Stroud is saying that he's on top of the Tampa weather. I got to tell you, Eagle fans, either way, I think it's a plus for the birds. If it's raining and they want to play ground and pound with their offensive line, muddied trenches, advantage eagles and if it's going to be windy and i know he's the goat and he's got above average arm strength he doesn't have an aaron Rodgers arm or a patrick mahomes arm but brady he's still at this stage can spin it pretty damn good but if they're going to put it up 40 times and the eagles are only going to put it up 20 times that's advantage eagles too anytime you put the ball up in a significant wind gust strange things do happen so Maybe Mother Nature is smiling on the Eagles this weekend. John McBone, Jordan McDonald, you're back on that, guys. We hope to be joined next by another M. That would be one Rob Motti, former Philly guy, covering the birds forever for the AP. 
as broaden his scope, national AP football writer uh, this year, and uh, moved down to South Florida. So he's down there Central in Tampa Florida. territory. He's in, he's in Tampa, uh, Tampa area. Oh, Central I Florida. Did yeah. I say South Florida? Yes, yeah. shame on me. He's not far from the game. Guarantee you. John McMullen's got to fly to the game, get on and off a plane, show his uh, vaccination card. Rob Motti's going to get in his car and drive to the game. So he's got that going for him. Uh, hopefully he hops aboard with us next here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate our next guest for jumping aboard with us and giving us his insight. Former Philly guy, now Central Florida, 
reporter for the Associated Press covering the entire league these days, rather than the birds like he did for years and also host of the um, uh, Faith on the Field uh, syndicated show. Um, our buddy Rob Marty hops aboard with us here on Birds 365. All right, Marty, start with this. What team won the most games in the National Football League this year? Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Yeah, and Tampa Bay. <laughs> so they won the most games in the National Football League. Yeah. Why have I, for a week and change, had to listen to bring on the Bucks? That's who the Eagles want to play in the playoffs when they won the most games in the National Football League this year. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. I would have much preferred, if you're an Eagles fan, I would have much preferred to, to go to L.A., take on – the Rams take on Sean McVay, who's never beat you in L.A., where the Eagles are 2-0, and and you just they cost themselves an opportunity to be the two-seed by losing at home again to the 49ers. To me, that would have been the ideal matchup. I'd rather face Matthew Stafford than Tom Brady. But, hey, if the Eagles fans want uh, to face the Buccaneers, they're banged up. I guess that can be one reason why they're banged up. You want to be the man, you got to beat the man. you got to go down there and, and beat the championship uh, uh, defending Super Bowl champion. So, that's one element to it, and, and we've seen crazy things happen in sports. We saw crazy things happen last week in the NFL, so the best team doesn't always win. The Eagles are the better team. I, the Buccaneers are the better team. They're the superior team, but you always got a chance, man. You always got a chance. Always got a chance, Rob, but uh, the one number that stands out to me this week is 46 versus 1. And that refers to number 46 for Tom Brady, his 46 playoff game, uh, number one for Jalen Hurts. I, I, you know, you look at Jalen, his history at the college level, uh, in a lot of ways, the college football national championship is, is bigger environment-wise than a first-round NFL playoff game. Uh but that doesn't take it into account the on the field part of it. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him, but you got to, you got to learn how to win in the NFL. Is that a fair assessment? And when you're going against a guy who's done it 46 times and Oh, by the way, he's won 34 of those. Uh, that's, that's tough. That's incredible, man. That's an incredible winning percentage. And, and, and we know, what Tom Brady is. We know he's the GOAT. He's won seven Super Bowls. Yes, he's lost three Super Bowls. But that's a that's a fair point that you make, John. For Jalen Hurts, yes, we do know that the moment's not going to be too big for him. He's been in big games before. He's got tremendous poise. He's got excellent character. He's got great leadership ability. So all of that is there. The intangibles are there. But when you're on that field, on the road, and it's not the most hostile environment, I'm sure Eagles fans are going to travel well and be down uh, here in Tampa and and t try and take over that stadium. And, and it's not going to be like going into uh, playing against the Raiders back in the day or the Dog Pound Cleveland or, or whatever, or Lambeau or whatever it may be. But yeah, you do. You got to learn how to win in these playoff games. And, and what we've seen from the Eagles and how they've won their games so far, they've won their games against uh, bad quarterbacks, mostly. They have not beat any of the upper echelon uh, elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And they've done it through running the football. Now, that's a formula for success, although the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the third best run defense in the NFL. They got a monster in the middle in Vita Vea. And it's going to be, you're going to have to run. Uh, on the perimeter against this team because you're not going to be able to go up the middle. He's a run stuffer right there. So 
they're going to have Jalen Hurts is going to have to make some plays. They haven't had to win a game in which Jalen Hurts won that game for them. They haven't won a game yet where Jalen Hurts has thrown for four touchdown passes and 400 yards. That's not a knock against Jalen. That's just that the Eagles haven't had that formula for winning yet. This may be that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when you're facing Tom Brady, where you're going to have to match them point for point, where you're going to have to match them. And, and I don't think the Eagles are equipped to do that. The best way for them to win this game is to, to dominate the, the clock and control the ball for 43, 44 minutes and try and get a turnover or two. That's going to be tough to do. Going to tap into your familiarity with the Bucs that you're a uh, Central Florida guy these days of course they won the super bowl uh, last last february different teams handle it different ways some uh enjoy the ride both all the way there and afterwards and don't come back quite as prepped and ready as they need to be and the old uh, rubber chicken off-season dinner parade others come back even hungry if they get one they want to have that second one you never know how it's going to happen before it's happened Judging the Bucks for this entire year since Tom Brady dropped the, the trophy into the drink <laughs> down there in Tampa, um, how have they handled this post-Super Bowl win season? Are they as good to go this year as, say, they were last year, Brady's first in Tampa? Yeah, I think they're a better football team than they were last year because it's Brady's second year. He's more familiar with the system and the offense. And uh, I've seen, I've been impressed by what I've seen. I've been around them a lot. I'm heading down there right after we get done chatting right now. And uh, I've been impressed by the way they handle everything. It's a very business-like atmosphere. And I think it starts with 12. Uh, I think Tom's the, the one who brings that attitude to them, that hunger, that desire that they want to win again. And uh, they, they go about everything uh, practice wise. And you see them afterwards, after practice, doing extra things because this is a team that's determined. There hasn't been a repeat champion in the NFL since Brady did it way back in 03, 04. And, and he really wants, he's hungry for that number eight. And, and I think all those guys on the team are in there. They all bought in to what he's bringing to the table. And uh, I've been, I've seen a team that hasn't been lackadaisical, that hasn't been complacent, that hasn't been, uh, hey, we won ours, we got our title, we got our championship, everything else is gravy. It's no, we want more. We want to be that team. We They know they got a limited amount of time with Tom Brady. Uh, he could decide to ride off into the sunset after this one. He could do it next year. So they know this is their window of opportunity and they're trying to cash in. Rob, you've been down there obviously quite a bit around that team. So how how has the offense changed uh, since losing Chris Godwin, who was their big, you know, third down threat? He was sort of that chain mover. And then how have they handled uh, sort of the nonsense around uh, Antonio Brown? Uh, but those are playmakers. I mean, let's be honest. And uh, when you lose playmakers like that, it's got to affect the offense even with Tom Brady, somewhat, at least, I would think. Yeah, losing Chris Godwin was huge, and then you lose Antonio Brown, who when you look back at the first matchup against the Eagles, Antonio, let, I think he had nine or ten catches yeah. in that game. What they didn't have in that game was Rob Gronkowski, and, and they have Gronk now, and I, I've seen them rely more on him. Now, part of uh, all those targets and all those catches that Gronk had last week had to do with getting him some of the incentives, but it was also he was open and he's the guy that the offense is going to go through. Now, in Mike Evans, you got you, you got one of – I think – guys, I actually think Mike Evans is underrated. When you look at the – you look around the league and you talk about some of the best wide receivers in the NFL, his name doesn't come up, but all he does is, is put up numbers. 
he's been he's been phenomenal for this team, especially with Tom Brady. But you're seeing the other guys two weeks ago with Cyril Grayson stepping up uh, in, in the Antonio Brown game. And, and he, he's got tremendous speed. However, last week he, gave, he went down with a hamstring injury. Rashard Perryman last week, I see him making a sideline leaping, twisting, toe drag catch. And, and these are the guys that they're going to have to rely on. The Rashard Perrimans, the Scotty Millers, uh, the tight ends beyond Gronk. Uh, whether O.J. Howard gets a little bit more involved, Cameron Brait. Uh, and, and, and of course, Mike Evans is going to be the big go-to guy for Brady. But it's become spread out. It's always been an offense where he's tried to spread the ball out because he had so many weapons. Now you got to do it because you're trying to make up for the fact that you don't have a guy in Chris Godwin who's going to consistently move the chains for you and Antonio Brown. One of the guys, it looks like they're going to get back from injury who missed the last couple of games was Leonard Fournette, who was a key component to their playoff run last year and winning the Super Bowl to earn his name, Playoff Lenny. Um, <laughs> no guess as to what Lenny's going to bring to the table until he gets out there on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be – He's he will have missed three games, Jody, and you know, he's a running back, and, and you don't know what, uh, what he's going to look like. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what we can out of him – coming up now in about an hour and 20 minutes as they go through a little bit of their their pre-practice uh, warm-ups, but we're not going to be out there the whole time, so you can't really get a feel for what he's doing. Now, I saw him last week running around and doing some things and, and trying to get back out there, and uh, uh, Ronald Jones probably isn't going to be a go, so it's going to be uh, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, whatever. He's got a new nickname every week for those guys. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell last week finds yeah. the end zone, and 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 he's. You know, I, I don't think Le'Veon is is quite there yet. Now he's they, they they're going to throw the ball to him a little bit sometimes coming out of the backfield. And uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a guy who's got some speed, and they may they may have G, Giovanni Bernard back, and he's kind of like the third mm-hmm. down back, and he's I somebody coming out of the coming out of the backfield who who can maybe make those third and five, third and seven, stretch, uh, uh, continue to uh, move the chains and, and continue keeping drives alive. So they're, they're as to me, it's like a running back by committee out of necessity because of the injuries they've had back there. They, I mean, it's a banged up running back unit. It's a banged up wide receiver core. Uh, so may, maybe, Jody, that's why fans uh, like, hey, bring on the Buccaneers, but – uh, I think they they still got it as long as you got number twelve under center. It makes up for a lot of deficiencies. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, you bring up some of these names: Le'Veon Bell, Antonio before, Gio Bernard. Everybody wants to play with with twelve. <laughs> Everybody wants to they come down and try to get one with Tom Brady. So it's always helpful. Mm-hmm. Looks like weather might be in the conversation this weekend you've gotten used to that tampa weather rob some rain in the morning it's going to be windy 20 30 degrees does that help the eagles who want to pound the football that's strange because i I was going to the game last sunday and it's it's january you know last game of the season it's 82 degrees i'm going (laughs) man like i I thought it was obnoxious i'm like it's 82 degrees week 18 of the regular season like at least give me 60 and here we are playoff game and we're we're gonna have that 60 62 but a little bit of the rain a little bit of of the wind but here here's the thing that i've learned down here in florida whatever the forecast says isn't necessarily it's not gonna (laughs) you know it could tell you it's gonna rain all day and you don't see any of it you don't see a drop or you see it for five minutes but if you indeed do have some rain 
some win, uh, if that's going to affect the passing game. Now, Tom Brady's played through these in, in Foxborough with New England. He, he knows how to handle what the win's going to be like and, and all of that. I think he can deal with Florida weather compared to uh, Gillette Stadium up that's at Foxborough. So I don't think <laughs> it's going to impact him, but – for the Eagles standpoint, hey, if it's gonna if it's gonna make Nick Sirianni focus even more on running the football, especially if they get stopped early in the first quarter and, and it's things aren't going well, but he he doesn't turn away from it and he sticks with it, uh, I, I think that's where you're gonna have to find your success. As tough as it is to run on Tampa, if you continue to wear them down, if you continue to go at them, I think part of the reason why the Buccaneers our third in the NFL and run defense is a little bit skewed. Yes, they do have Vita Vea and they're a great run stuffing team, but teams also don't run on them as much because you're losing and you're playing catch up. And now you have to throw against them in the second half. So you abandon the run game against Tampa and, and that allows them to give up uh, 85, 90 yards a week because teams aren't even trying to do that. 82 for a playoff game. Yeah, when you were going to play off games at the vet and the link, you would get the, the only 82 was potential hot dogs consumed by John McMullen in the press box. That was the only time you saw 82. Uh, question on injury guys not going to play for the uh, 49ers. Uh, excuse me. He used to be with the 49ers. The Bucks on Sunday. Richard Sherman, at this stage of his career, I know they reached out, had to pull him off the scrap heap and plug him in because they had so many injuries and COVID issues with their D-backs this year. He anything more than a placeholder? Is he going to be missed this Sunday, or is he just another body that the uh, Tampa have to come up with a replacement for? Yeah, on, on the field, he's not going to be missed because he was hardly here. He played five games. He didn't do much. He didn't get an opportunity. And in a couple of those games, he was still fresh off the street trying to feel his way, get back into a rhythm of playing football. But uh, I've actually been pleasantly surprised with what he's brought to the team off the field as far as a player coach type, as a guy who's been a mentor to some of those younger players. They've had a banged up secondary throughout the course of the season. They've gotten healthy over the past month of the season. But uh, he's going to be uh, on the field, I'm sure, on the sideline, not on the field, but on the sideline, kind of as an extra coach for those guys. And uh, th that's something that he he's an extra dimension that Richard Sherman has brought that I, I wasn't anticipating. I wasn't expecting that from him. We know he's a smart guy, Stanford guy, and, and we know he's a very intellectual type. And a lot of people sometimes get caught up into the extracurriculars with Richard Sherman. But from that leadership standpoint, he's brought that to the Bucs, and that's basically what he is at this point of his career. Rob, you mentioned uh, Mike Evans being one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL to me. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is one of the most underrated players in the NFL as a whole. Uh, he wasn't there for the first Eagles game at Lincoln Financial Field. What, is, what does he bring uh, to that defense on the back end? Yeah, and, and, and also, John, Carlton Davis, I think, is somewhat of a, of a guy who's, who's underrated uh, defensively in, the, in that secondary. But Antoine Winfield Jr. is a guy who uh, you saw him making big plays last year uh, in the playoffs. Jordan Whitehead, a couple weeks ago against the Jets, had a big monster game. But uh, Winfield, to me, is a, is a guy who is going to be able to help. I, I, I don't know how they're going to go necessarily about trying to limit, contain Dallas Goddard, but he's going to be involved in that. And, and, and they do have a, a tremendous group of linebackers 
uh, although Levante David's been out for a few weeks and they're going to need him to come back. But when, when you look at Winfield and, and, and how he his presence in the secondary has kind of been a, a little stabilizing uh, for the Buccaneers. And, and I, I just thought that not having him in that first matchup was something that was tough for them. And and you saw after they built a, a good lead against, what was it, 21-7, 14-0, and 21-7. And, and we, the game was – we thought the game was out of hand, and, and it, all, it comes down to uh, Derek Barnett's uh, penalty, right? Uh, it, it, was that against – yeah, it was against yeah, it was, Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Fournette. Yeah. yeah, one of those ticky uh, – yeah. right? And, and that allowed them to continue to extend the drive, keep the ball, run out the clock, and that's how close the Eagles got. But uh, I think that whole secondary, Sean Murphy, Bunning, Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead, Antonio Winfield Jr., they the whole group might be – underrated and and Winfield to me stands out back there Rob uh guy who may or may not play a role in the game on Sunday but I remember last year noting a couple of big plays that he made I was actually kind of surprised when they brought Antonio Brown in because I thought this individual could do the role of the third wide receiver that Antonio Brown was going to be tasked to do and that was Scott Miller Mm -hmm. He's been a non-factor this year. Some injury issues, but even when he's played, he hasn't been a part of their regular wide receiver rotation. I know he made a big play last week on a a running play, which he's never been a runner, but they're giving him the ball now on specialized, get it in his hands type plays. Uh, I assume he's healthy because he played last week and made a big play. Could he be a factor in Sunday's game for the Bucs? Yeah, and, and he's even been at, at times a healthy inactive, which surprised me because we all saw the the deep ball he caught against the Packers in the NFC title game. But he actually's got some speed. Last week they they used him uh, on a couple running plays late in the game when it was a blowout and they put it away and he scored a touchdown. He's somebody who can be sneaky fast and and there's some familiarity with him and Brady. He knows he can go to him to make a big play. But right now he's kind of like, even when, when Godwin and Brown were here, he was off the depth. He was so far off the depth chart, he was buried. And now without them, it, it, it's Evans, uh, Tyler Johnson, Brashard Perriman, uh, Cyril Grayson, if he's healthy, and then Scotty Miller. So uh, it, he's, he's, pro- he's going to be up. I'm sure he's going to be up, but it's a, it's a matter of, is he going to get his targets? Is he going to get his opportunities? But he's a guy who may only see the ball three times and make a big play on one of them. Rob, um, the guy tasked uh, with stopping Tom Brady, first and foremost, Jonathan Gannon, uh, is getting a little interest around the NFL. The Denver Broncos put in a request to interview him to be uh, their next head coach. Uh, you and I were both on the conference call with Jonathan. He he did confirm that, that the request came in. Uh, you asked him. Uh, when is he going to interview? He kind of begged that off. Jonathan doesn't like to talk about this kind of stuff. But you're here enough, and you're at enough Eagles games to know there's sort of this disconnect. Eagles fans are not <laughs> in love with Jonathan Gannon. Um, the league seems to be more in love with Jonathan Gannon. Why is there that disconnect? Wait, you mean Eagles fans don't appreciate what they have sometimes? Andy <laughs> Reid. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, Nick Sirianni, let's fire him because he made a flower. Now, I, I, Jonathan Gannon, I, I think, is a guy who has been 
throughout the season. I mean, John, I think you identified him early on as, as a potential head coaching candidate. Uh, and here he is year one as a defensive coordinator is getting that uh, is getting an opportunity for an interview. I don't think he's going to end up getting that job. I think there's familiarity with him and some of the people in the Denver Broncos, but he's a guy who started off here rough. And when, when you get off to a first impression in Philly isn't good, sometimes it's hard to recover from that. But I, I think over the second half of the season, as players got more familiar and comfortable with his system, they started to have more success defensively, but also let's not forget that in the second half of the season, they're facing Jake Fromm and, and whoever was the quarterback for Washington, Garrett uh, Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert and, and, and it, they're not, they weren't going up against Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott. At one point through those first seven games, the Eagles were on pace to set a record for worst completion percentage by opposing quarterbacks. It was in the 74 plus percent range. They finished at 69. So after seven games, when it's 74 over the last 10, they finished at 69. So it must've been like closer to uh, 63, 64, 65 over those last. So it had to do with the quality of opponent. And, 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 and I think that some people are obviously realize that and Eagles fans are smart enough to realize and recognize that. So I, I think Jonathan Gannon's a guy who is going to get appreciation across the league, but is one of those who's going to be tough until the Eagles. Hey, if they come out this week, they find a way to shut down Tom Brady. They win a 17, 14 game. You have no, you, you got to get, you have to absolutely give all the credit to the defense then in Jonathan Gannon. If you do that and, and I think maybe that's how he'll get his appreciation. Uh, I, I I don't know when he's, he wouldn't, like he said yesterday, he wouldn't tell us much about that interview or or when he's got to sit down with Howie and Nick and talk about it. And, and I get that. I appreciate that. But I, I think it's one of those where he's going to get that interview, but he'll still eventually be here for at least another year. All right, Rob, multiple choice question for you. We'll make oh, it yeah. easy. Um, <laughs> and I know the answer is uh, chances are, all of the above, but I'm going to ask you to put one on top of the pile. The individual who will be most often tasked, and I know Jonathan Gannon wants to mix it up, but somebody at the end of the day is going to have the call on it more than the others. Most often tasked to try and stop Rob Gronkowski. Is it Avante Maddox? Is it Rodney McLeod? Is it TJ Edwards? Is it Alex Singletary? Is it other Who's going to draw the assignment most often of having to stop the big guy in the middle of that Tampa offense? Hmm. Avante, Avante and TJ Edwards. Uh, I hope it's not Alex Singleton. That can get ugly. <laughs> that, that can get, that could turn into a Kittle game. If it's, uh, it could turn into a 15 for uh, 185, <laughs> 185 game. And I, I think that's what the Bucks got to do is try and, and get really – because you, you look at Evans, and and I would assume, even though Jonathan Gannon wasn't going to say, you would put Darius Slay. You will put Slay on Evans and try and take him out of the game. And then uh, they don't they don't have if, – if Godwin and Brown were there, then you would need Avante Maddox on, on, on the slot guy, and, and that was Antonio Brown and sometimes uh, CG. But uh, uh, in, in this case, you can – you could probably free up Maddox to go on and try and you might have to double team Gronk at times. And well, I think they're going to run a lot of two wide receiver, uh, two tight end sets, Rob. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, 12 and 13 out of the box on Sunday. Yeah. Great. This is a Gronk game. This is a, this is a game where I, I think you look at the matchups, you look at the Eagles linebacker core and, and that's a matchup that, 
the Tampa's got to feel really good about. And I think we get Gronk today and he won't say anything about that. He's, he's kind of learned, he's been uh Brady five. He knows not to put anything out there. He knows not to say anything that's going to be bulletin board material. He'll praise the heck out of the Eagles defense, just like Tom Brady will. And, uh, and has already and Bruce Arians and everyone else. But I, I think they got to be looking at that matchup. Who's going to stop Gronk, whether it's Maddox, Singleton, Edwards, whoever the Eagles throw at him, uh, the kitchen sink, he's going to have uh, he's going to have his time. Well, it, it, I, I think you're right, Rob. Uh, it's a Gronk game. If you look at it from the Eagles perspective, offensively, what kind of game is it? Is it a Dallas Goddard game? Is yeah. it a Devontae Smith game? Or is it a Jalen Hurts game in the running game? Because that's the reason the Eagles sat Jalen Hurts in week 18 against Dallas. They want him to be as close to 100% as possible to make sure he's that plus one in the running game. Do we need uh, sort of an 80-yard Jalen Hurts rushing performance to be in this football game? Yeah, I I think a 60-plus out of Jalen Hurts and – We've seen Tampa be a little bit susceptible to the running quarterback. Josh Allen, uh, I think he went over 100 in that overtime game. If not, he was close to 100 against them. Now, Buffalo lost that game. Tampa won, but they had success. They pushed it into OT. So I I feel like the Eagles got to do, and as Nick Sirianni said this week, like you can't change who you are or what you do in the playoffs as opposed to what got you here. And, and they can't all of a sudden go back to trying to throw the ball 40, 45 times. They, th- they think they're going to have Miles Sanders and a healthy stable of running backs. Jalen Hurts had that week off so he can run the ball eight to 12 times and try and get those 60, 65, 70 plus yards. And I, that to me, that's the way that the Eagles have to attack this game and try and win this game. Even if you have, uh, if you don't have success early in a football game, don't go away from it. Now, you may not have success early in a football game and look up at the scoreboard and be down 14 nothing like they were the first matchup and they got away from it. But if you recall, in that first, they got back in it down 21-7 running the ball yeah. late, in, late in the game, in the third quarter, into the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and that's what they got to do. Hey, you got to get big plays. You got to get, get back in a football game. Sometimes Miles Sanders can pop off a 27, 28, 35 yard run or whatever it may be and get you back in the game. And uh, I, I think they're going to have to rely on Jalen Hurts' legs here. And uh, Dallas Goddard to always, to me, is always somebody you're going to target heavily. And as, as good as Tampa is against tight ends and as strong as their linebacker core, Dallas Goddard, to, he, he's one of the top in the league. So he's going to find the ball come his way. And I, I feel Devontae Smith might be in for a, at least one big play. He's you got to try to get the ball to Devontae Smith because he can do so much with it. He's, he's a guy who and you get it to anywhere near him. We see him making leaping catch, tremendous catches, sideline grabs. And uh, if you get it, if you throw it up to him, uh, 10 times, I think he's going to come down in, in a 50-50 battle. He's going to come down with it more often than not. All right, Marty, man, you've done a great job giving us some Tampa insight. I need one more from you. Mm-hmm. John and I talk about this basically every week. I have him text me from the press box when they have the coin flip because I know for a fact that Sirianni's going to win and he's going to defer. He just does it by rote. They're not, and they all do. Eagles win, they, they defer. Yeah. He sends me the text every week and I appreciate it greatly. You got to give us the read on the Tampa coach. 
what happens if they win the toss? Are they a team that always plays to the analytics of you got to defer because you can get one extra position? Arians has always been a bit of a riverboat gambler and does things a little bit different. Tampa wins the toss. What are they doing? They're, they're, they're deferring. And, and I actually was surprised last week against Carolina when there was talk that the starters wouldn't play in the second half. He deferred. I'm like, why are you deferring when uh, you might be deferring to Blaine Gabbert coming out in the third quarter? Good point. As, Smart as, man, Mighty. That's no. why you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> as it turned out, they hit Brady played into the fourth quarter and, and they didn't defer. Uh, they did defer and Brady still played and they got the ball. But yeah, I think that that's it's just a way of the NFL, at least he's not going to go for every fourth down on his side of the 20, like uh, that overrated coach in LA, Brandon Ooh, Staley. Yeah. Well, I think there's two overrated coaches in LA, but that's yes, another story. I, I, whole, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I take Doug Peterson over Sean McVay every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, last one from me, Rob, I've been calling it the, the Rob Motti bowl. It's Rob Motti week. <laughs> Uh, you brought up the Ric Flair reference yesterday Woo! to be the man. You got to beat the man. I'll see you in Tampa uh, this weekend. Uh, who's going to win the football game? Give it. Who's going to win the Rob Motty Bowl? So I actually had picked the Eagles in the week six game. I, I They covered, but I, I thought it was a, a trap game for Tampa. I thought that they would come in on a short week, a Thursday night, and the Eagles would find a way to sneak that one out. This week is going to be tough. I can't. I it's. It wouldn't shock me if the Eagles stay close in this game and make it a a, a one a, a field goal at the end. Ryan Suckup has to win a game coming back. Where Tampa Bay still got some guys coming back. Leonard Fournette, Levante David, and uh, trying to feel their way uh, in their first playoff game. But uh, you're going again. It's Jalen Hurts first, as you said at the top. Jalen Hurts is first. NFL playoff game against the guy who's playing in what is it now? Number 46, 46. number 46. 46. He's won seven Super Bowls. He, he, he's the greatest of all time. I don't think he's just the greatest of all time in football. I think of any team sport, what Tom Brady's done at 44 to lead the, to lead the NFL and passing and all those statistical categories this year. I believe he probably should be the MVP. I know Aaron Rodgers is close and they're right there and it should be one, two, and you can't factor in all the vaccine stuff that people are doing with a rod. But when, when you got number 12 back there at home, against the seven seed, you got to win this game. So yeah. I'll, t I'll take Tampa, but I'll take the Eagles to cover the eight. Okay, competitive game. Uh, By the way, that. Rob, before you jump in, Jody, sorry, uh, 12,500 passing yards in the playoffs, 85 tu 83 touchdowns, I think. It basically three full seasons, three good seasons, <laughs> and just playoffs for Tom Brady. So, so he's really 47 is what you're telling me. Yeah. It could be. Um, now you forced me to ask you one more question. Uh, I know that you've taken the national gig, so you got to fly to do your work these days, unlike just getting in a car and driving down to the Novacare complex like you did for years. Doug Peterson going to make it easy on you? Just shoot down Alligator Alley to go talk to him, take over the Dolphins? Or is he going to be coaching a little further north and you're going to have to get on a plane to go talk to Dougie P? Yeah, I, I would like to see, Jody, I would like to see Doug in Minnesota. I would love to see if, if Doug can get that gig with the Vikings and see how uh, when you give him Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, uh, who he didn't end up with two years ago and got Jalen Rieger and Kirk Cousins for at least a season, I would like to see that 
Um, I, I'm not, I don't know if Minnesota is going to go in that direction. Jacksonville is also uh, somewhat attractive with Trevor Lawrence, but that they've always had such a – they need a Doug Peterson because their culture is such a losing culture. It would be interesting to see what he could do in Miami with Tua. Would Tua be a Doug Peterson guy or would he not be? Would he want to go in, in, in a different direction there? I do think he's going to get a job, the Chicago Bear job. He's going to interview there. Um, my, my choice for Doug would be I'd really like to see him in Minnesota, but uh, I, I would certainly take him in Jacksonville or Miami so I can head on down there a there whole lot go. easier. Make, that's for sure. Make that trip uh, a little easier on hey, Rob Muddy. Exactly. Give me right. something to root for. <laughs> All right, Marty, man, as always, a great job. You can read him on Associated Press. Check out his syndicated show, Faith on the Field. Always a pleasure, Rob. Enjoy the game on Sunday. McMullen will buy you a free hot dog. I would, too, if I were there. Enjoy, bud. Thanks. Thanks, pals. Appreciate it. That is Rob Marty uh, from the Associated Press here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming down the home stretch, J-Mac, J-Mac, coming back right here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. 
Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. As a matter of fact, the birds, 365 McMullen. Creeping up on 200. Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, And the next week we'll log show number 200. But we got to get the next week, which means an Eagle game on uh, Sunday, which we talked greatly about today. And we will do so again tomorrow. Uh, We're going to have our Buckeye on again from Pewter Report. Um, JT Allen. JT Allen's going to hop aboard. But uh, John will be up as a guest early because he's got to go through the COVID thing tomorrow. But before we even get to your COVID test, there are two people that I need to know what they're doing today. And I need you to tell me on both guys. Number one is John McMullen. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Uh, I am uh, a big Zoom day. Uh, Eagles walk through, so we're not allowed to practice. So we got Nick Sirianni. Then we got a bunch of player interviews on on zoom so zoom in the white life away and gotcha. writing in and, between oh by the way do you get to suggest any of the players that you like to talk to or yeah you can request a player but okay. uh i haven't done that this week because wednesdays are you know jalen will talk on wednesdays for instance he'll be the headliner um and you'll get a lot of Big name players on Wednesdays, and, and we're pretty sure that uh, if you requested JJ or Sega Whiteside, you're not going to get him. Uh, the other guy that I need to know what he's doing today, and I know you know McMullen. What is Carson Wentz doing today? <laughs> Hanging out with Jameson and Hensley. Um, those are Carson's dogs. Uh, he's Good. got his obviously he's got his kids as well, so probably hanging out with them. What I know he's not doing is preparing for a playoff game. So that gives too many Eagles fans too much joy, by the way. Uh, uh, but did you see that? I just wanted to get this in at some point, and I know we're almost out of time. Uh, I followed a little of the uh, media reporting yesterday out of Indianapolis. Not good. They're crushing Carson Wentz the same way he got crushed yeah. here in this town. But one uh, writer pointed out something that I thought was very interesting. I didn't remember this. Last year when the Colts got eliminated, didn't make the playoffs last game, they specifically asked Frank Reich about Phillip Rivers. And he said, yes, we're hoping Phillip is back as our quarterback next year. Rumors out there may retire, blah, blah, blah. And he was trying to, to pull Rivers back in. And, of course, Rivers said, sorry, see you later, bye. And he retired. This year he was asked basically the same question about Carson Wentz. And his response was, Listen, I'm not going to talk about the quarterback because then you're going to ask me about every other position and I'm not going to go through it position by position by position. I'm not going to talk about who's going to be back on this team next year. So last year with Philip Rivers, old man Rivers, he was willing to go to the verbal bank to see if he could get him back. Had the chance to do it with Carson Wentz yesterday and said, I'll pass on that. Could you see a one-year divorce? Could Carson be back out there on the open market this offseason? I think so. I I think it's not that big of a hit. It's about $15 million, which, you know, compared to the Eagles set the new precedent, it doesn't look nearly as bad as it uh, once did. And I think he's proven 
we talked about this a little yesterday on the show. Unfortunately, he's not um, what he once was from a physical standpoint. And I think the Colts know they don't have the long-term answer. And if you know that, you might as well go look for the long-term answer. But I say the same thing with Jalen Hurts here. Different circumstances, different situations. Doesn't mean you can um, get anyone better. But if you can, you have to explore those avenues so there's no need to say he's our starting quarterback. He hasn't earned that in Indianapolis. If they can get better, they'll get better, and they should. We'll see uh, how the Eagles get better with that key walkthrough they've got going today and McMullen zooming <laughs> his life away. Uh, we do want to once again thank everybody who came out to Neck of the Woods last night. Great turnout. Good show they take playoff preview. Good crowd who brought in over 800 coaches, 811 coaches, uh, that Crossy's going to be able to donate to uh, worthy causes, uh, help people get through a tough winter weather. Uh, so, again, thanks to all our Jacob Media fans out there who came out last night to uh, Neck of the Woods. Sorry I couldn't make it out of be on the air and WIP. Otherwise, John McMullen would have been my bodyguard. So uh, I, I at least kept him from having that responsibility. Uh, partner, we'll see you first thing in the morning tomorrow. You're up in uh, guest status before COVID test. Let me put the jinx on him again. How many Whoa. in a row have you passed? I'm, I'm, I I don't know, but I'm a little worried because I'm out in the public too much this week. Yeah, uh, I want the Monday Night Raw. You're going to blame the, the, the Jacob woods. Media family? For okay. neck of the woods, that's why you're going to no. test positive because you were out with the Jacob Media fans. You're not well, really going all, there, are you? It was also WWE on Monday, so it could oh. be. No, I'm not. Uh, blame, I'm, yeah, blame the WWE fans. Yeah. I got no problem with that one. Yeah, yeah that that sounds about. No, right. I'm not. I'm blaming public. I'm not blaming fans. I'm Just blaming in, public in general. Okay, uh, partner, I'll talk to you in the morning. All right. Uh, we'll be like, back share, here subscribe. in 22 hours yes. on Birds 365. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.